Hey guys, good evening, good evening. Um, so we've been in this series where we are kind of doing a deep dive with Ephesians. Um, and what I really like about this, Paul is, um, it's, he's kind of giving a basic, just a crash course in Christianity. He starts with the foundation, like what, what do we believe about Jesus, what he's done for us? And he kind of builds on top of that. And he says, okay, well, what is, what is God's plan in our lives? What is he using us for? And then so on and so forth. And how do we live as Christians? And like Paul even gets into some crazy stuff. We're going to hit on it just a little bit tonight. But about like spiritual warfare, the spiritual realm, um, spiritual gifts, how to live in the spirit, how to walk in the spirit. And we're going to hit all of that while we're going through this series. So um, I'm really excited. I'm, I hope you guys are too. I hope you're getting a lot out of it so far. For me, it's been um, just helpful to go back and remind myself like, man, what Christ did for us at the cross was insane. And Paul's been talking about it for chapters and chapters, right? And uh, it's just really neat. And um, so on week one, we talked about purpose. We talked about that capital P, purpose, and, and we landed on that we exist to know God through Jesus, his son, and to worship him in all that we do. And um, we talked about how worship should invade every single part of our lives um, and then week two, we jumped into how, uh, this was last week, um, it was really cool, it, you know, Paul's talking about Jesus Christ as the cornerstone, he's building this building, he's like got this, this allegory thing going on, and he lands it by saying, you are the new holy temple, and we were looking at how like God has related to his people throughout history through the temple, what is it even, and now we are that temple. We are the temple that he's building. I think that's beautiful. Tonight, um, we're jumping into Ephesians 3. You can go ahead and turn there. Um, I've got to be honest with you guys. I really struggled as I prepared this message. Okay, one of the things that we believe is that there is this spiritual realm, right? And um, within this spiritual realm, there is an enemy who wants to just wreck us, right? Satan, and, and he's out to destroy us. And and um, as I prepared this message, i got to be honest with you, like I felt a real burden um, and kind of an attack. And so um, we'll see how things go this evening. But uh, if it's okay with you guys, I'd just like to pray um, real quick for this message. Um, God, just open our hearts and our minds to what you have to say tonight. Um, God, I just pray that uh, these would not be my words, but these would be your words and that what you ordained, what you intended for the, for the hearts and the lives that are here this evening, God, that, that they would hear it, that they would hear it tonight, that your spirit would guide every word and just anoint us this evening to, to have an encounter with you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, who here, and you don't have to raise your hand, but who here has ever been excluded from something and it was like really painful, like you totally got left out, like your, your friends went and hung out, right? Yeah, totally, same. Your friends went and hung out and like you found out after the weekend that you didn't even get an invite. You know, that's rough, right? That's pretty rough. Or uh, maybe siblings, maybe your siblings are really, really close and you're like the odd duck out, anybody in that camp? Um, but being excluded just reminds us of our deep, deep, deep need to belong. I think we, uh, we have this deep desire, this deep need to belong. And uh, we all, everybody wants to belong. We want to be a part of something. We want to experience community. We want to see our lives intersect with other people's lives. But why do we 
want to belong? Why, why is that even a desire in the first place? And I think science and psychology have decided and told us that it's a need. It's a basic human need. I have a slide here for Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And you can see right there under our psychological needs, it's one of our basic human needs. It's part of our shared human experience is we need to belong. We need to belong. But why is it even a need? So I, I was like studying philosophy and I always like try to go really deep, right? Why is it even a need in the first place? And I believe, I believe we are created this way to be in community. We've heard this before. Think about God though. Think about God. Through the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, God exists in community to himself and has before the foundations of the universe, right? God knew intimacy, relationship, community, and belonging. That's pretty crazy. Before anything else existed, he knew all of those things. Genesis 1.26 says, Then God said, let us make man in our image, or humans, humankind. Let us make humankind in our image. Notice the plural there, right? It's, it's emphasizing the plural. Make no mistake, God is one God. One mind, one will. But he exists in three persons, three unique persons. And he exists in community in that way. So God created us in his image for community, to be in community. Who in here is an introvert? Now, I just asked you like the worst question ever, right? Because introverts don't want to raise their hand, right? Um, this is, this, so, so like I, I was always like, I felt like I grew up, as an introvert, and, and I um, I just kind of was ashamed of it a little bit, you know, feeling like everything's very, like, extrovert-oriented, you know, you feel that way? And, um, but, gosh, just knowing that we are created for community, that that's a part of the DNA, the, the, the way that God wired us to live and breathe and move, um, I believe even if you're an introvert, that we can we can still find community with each other, right? We can have that community and that belonging. So here we are, Parker, Colorado, in case you didn't know. If you didn't know, we might need to talk after. Um, here we are in Parker, Colorado. It's June 2021, right? And uh, what do we do with this? I mean, and, and we see, you know, science and psychology, not only do they tell us that belonging is a need, but they also tell us that most of us don't even feel a sense of this belonging. Most of us don't feel a sense of belonging. In fact, I don't know about you guys, but over the last year, I have felt isolation and loneliness a lot. Especially when we were on lockdown and, and I couldn't be around people, which is weird because I'm an introvert, but I love being around people. I still, I was like, when it first happened, I was like, oh, yes, this is amazing. I get, this is like my dream, right? But then after like two days, I was like, okay, I'm ready to hang out with people again and be around people. It was tough. It was hard to be isolated, to be separated, needing and, and needing to be around people, but not being allowed to be around people. And, and as an obvious result, like, you know, mental health and, and um, challenges, Similar to that, anxiety have just skyrocketed, skyrocketed because we were created for community. Um, 
think about, okay, we live in Denver, pretty pretty big city, right? We're surrounded by so many people. Crossroads, you know, and then, you know, Parker, but Crossroads is a, is a, is a pretty big church. We're always surrounded by people. Um, so it's not about being around people, right? You can be around people and feel completely, totally, utterly isolated. Maybe you look around and, and you don't see a lot of people that you're close to. Maybe at the end of the day, you're far away from your family and you wish you could be close to them. Maybe it's even too hard to trust to really get close to feel like you belong to a community. I think we need to back up a little bit and talk about what we see in the Old Testament. Okay, So if you go back to the beginning of the Bible, there's these first five books of the Bible. They're called the Torah or the Law. Okay, and if you hit um, Leviticus and Deuteronomy, there's a bunch of, like, laws in there, and it's really hard to read. It's kind of the part that I always, like, skip through when I'm trying to read through the Bible. And the whole idea here is it's easy to look at it as, like, these rules and regulations that we're supposed to follow, right? It's easy to kind of get there. Um, And if you're not careful, it looks like all these do's and don'ts, and if you mess up, here's how you fix it. The law really wasn't intended to be just these rules to follow. It never was intended to be that. They were given the gift of the law so that they, so that the Israelites would know their identity as the people of God. You see, the law, living the law, was that message to the world that we follow Yahweh. And we're in covenant with Yahweh. And they messed it up. They messed it up. God intended that law and, and, and the Israelites, his plan was to use the Israelites to be a priesthood, to be a, a nation of priests, to, to bring his, his plan forward to the entire world. That was his plan, to use the Israelites to bring his plan forward to the world. And instead of being a blessing to the world, they used these laws and they built up these walls. They, they built up these walls. They built walls instead of becoming a blessing. And so they got it wrong. Israel became hostile to other nations around them, and they became hostile right back. And what you, what you find out is that it just created political disunity, racial disunity, and religious disunity. Kind of sounds familiar, right? <laughs> kind of sounds familiar. It reminds me of what we see today all the time. Political disunity, re- racial disunity, and religious disunity, I think, plagues us a lot. In fact, I think even in our churches, we struggle with this. We have all these priorities, these um, assumptions, and these rules. And ultimately, what it does is it, it, it's really good at helping us, like, hang out and be together, right? But it's also good at keeping others out there. And it breaks my heart. If we just look around here in our city, we can see a lot of these walls, these political, racial, and religious walls that have been built. It's easy to acknowledge. But here's the problem. When you, as soon as you acknowledge it, you're faced with a dangerous lie. As soon as you acknowledge the disunity in our communities, you're faced with this dangerous lie. Here's the lie. Community or belonging is a goal to achieve instead of a gift to receive. 
Community or belonging is a goal to achieve, not a gift to receive. That's the lie that we believe. You see, think about all the ways that we've tried to hijack God's community. Social media, even in churches, right, we have programs and here's a sign-up sheet, right, and we're trying to manufacture it. Community and belonging is not a goal to achieve, it's a gift to receive. We're going to look at a passage tonight where Paul just really helps us to see a new way about um, God's community. And uh, if you want to go ahead and turn there, we're going to be in Ephesians 3. We're going to jump right into this. Verse 1. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles. Pause. Sorry, not pause. Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to you. Pause. Okay. So Paul says, for this reason. So he's picking up exactly where he left off last week. Last week we were talking about how, um, you know, uh, he's building on this argument. Jesus Christ went to the cross. He, he banished the separation vertically between us and God and made a way back to God. And he banished the separation between us and each other by, by uniting us under Christ. So he's picking up right there. He says, for this reason. And, and we're reminded here that Paul is actually writing this letter from prison in Rome. Verse 3. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. What is Paul saying? He's saying, look, there's this mystery of Christ. There's this mystery of Christ, and it has not been revealed for generations, but it's now being revealed through the Holy Spirit to this generation right here. He's saying, have you heard the mystery? Have you heard of it? Do you know what it is? God is doing something brand new. That's what he's saying. God's doing something brand new. You need to catch on to it. Verse 6. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. Number one. Members together of one body. Number two. And shares together in the promise of Christ Jesus. Number three. Verse 7, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given to me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the rest of the Lord's people, the grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of, his, of this mystery, which for the ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. Okay, there's a lot here. There's a lot. But what I want to focus in on is verse 6. Let's focus in on verse 6, the very first one that I read. Um, he says, this mystery, so he's explaining the mystery. He's saying, Did you, have you heard of this mystery? It's now being revealed. The Holy Spirit's doing something new. God's doing something new. By the way, let me go ahead and tell you this mystery. He's revealing it. And he says, the mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body and shares together in the promise of Jesus Christ. Okay, so he basically is looking at three different things. He's looking at the future, the present, and then the past. 
So the future heirs together now for the first time in history. The Gentiles are being brought into being heirs of this inheritance. They stand to be heirs of this inheritance. And he's looking to the present right now. What has made that possible? And it's because now Gentiles, which are basically just non-Jews, right? Gentiles are non-Jews. They are now members of this one body, of this one body, under Christ, united. And he's looking to the past. The Gentiles are also now included in the promises. So, you know, way back in the Old Testament, all these promises that God gave exclusively to Israel are now made available for everyone, for everyone. That's the mystery. That's the mystery, is that God wanted to use the Israelites to reach the world. The Israelites rejected Jesus, and now he's extending, and he's saying, look, we're going to build a new temple, and it's through this new temple that we're going to go, and we're going to reach the world again. we got a new plan, and that new plan has awesome benefits because now you guys get to be a part of the family, and you are co-heirs, and you have all the promises that Jesus Christ gave. Verse 10. His intent was that now, through the church, this is important, his intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus, in him, through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and with confidence. We can approach God with freedom and confidence. And I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings, right? He's in prison. He's in prison because of the gospel, which are your glory. Okay. So that's a lot, right? Paul's sharing a lot. And um, what do we walk away with this? Uh, or what do we walk away with from this? Um, Paul shares God's plan for the church. Um, you see, like a couple of weeks ago, we talked about our purpose, and Paul's talking about our purpose. And he's saying our purpose is to know God through Jesus Christ, his son, and to worship him in all that we do. And then he's building on this, and he's saying, oh, by the way, God's plan is, is to take each and every one of you guys and put you together and begin to build his temple that he's going to use to reach the world. And now he's saying, here's the purpose of that temple. Here's the purpose of the temple. This is what my plan has been all along. That through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly realms. You guys, there's a spiritual realm. We don't talk about it a lot. In fact, a couple of years ago, I I, uh, I was reading a book and I t- totally recommend it. If you want to kind of, it's a it's a fictional novel, but it gives you a good visual of what I believe is really taking place. It's called This Present Darkness. Um, but in this book, it talks about how you know. Um, Angels and demonic forces are fighting over territories and things like that. And we see that in Scripture in a few places. There's a place where, 
um, somebody's praying, and they're praying, and they're praying, and they're praying, and they're praying, and an angel showed up, you know, a couple of weeks later and said, uh, I'm sorry, I got held up. I was fighting this demon over here. It's like, what? <laughs> what, what did you do? That's like a mic drop moment. There is a spiritual realm. And we see Paul talking about this, and actually later on in a couple of chapters, he really digs into this, and he begins to talk about how do we, how do we go to battle in the spiritual realm. But ultimately, by spreading the gospel as the church, by spreading the gospel, we drive back those demonic rulers and forces. Every single life that says yes to Christ, there's a, par- a big old party in heaven, right? There's a big old party in heaven, and we are, we are defeating the enemy when we do that. So that's the purpose of this church, this community, is to champion the gospel in our lives, in our words. I love the quote that says, preach the gospel and when necessary, use words. Meaning it's got to come from our life first and foremost before it ever comes from our lips. And as we forward the gospel, as we champion the gospel, we're defeating the enemy. But I think the I think the major thrust of what Paul's getting at here is he's reminding us that we are united in Christ and we have, we have a belonging now that we never had before. We have an inheritance. We have an identity in Christ that we never had before. I'm going to tell you a quick story. Um, so my wife and I founded a nonprofit in 2017 called Bridge Hope. And we work with survivors of human trafficking. What we do is come alongside them and partner with them after they've already been exploited. And we just try to help them, you know, with this recovery process and get back on their feet and find healing. And uh, we heard about a lady in Kenya who, um, she's very intelligent. She was a professor at a university there. And she really felt like God was calling her to these, um, these girls in this village who were being sold. It's kind of, kind of heavy. And so she's, she's got her rent money in her hand. She's literally on her way. And she's, she said, you know what, I'm going to take this. I'm going to open this shelter for these girls. And she goes to this village outside of Nairobi, and she opens this shelter right here. It's about 400 square feet. But within hours of opening this place, the police were bringing girls from the marketplace and dropping them off on her doorstep. And by the time we uh, found out about her, she had 33 girls living in this, like, 400-square-foot shack. She was living in the closet. She was literally sleeping in the closet. Amazing story. This woman just loving on these girls, and she's, she started a school for them. And, and the beautiful thing is in their culture is that if you're educated, you, have, you can regain your, your um, honor in the community and things. And um, it's just amazing what she's doing. So we wanted to go and partner with her. So we go over there. And we met her, we hung out with her, we found out like all the stuff that they're doing. And um, this, these, uh, these trash bags are where they like keep their clothes and they share their clothes. And, and uh, they're just literally living on top of each other when we went there. Not good living conditions. Her heart was beautiful. She wanted to just provide these girls a chance for freedom from the exploitation. But um, 
but it was really rough living situation. And so we came back fired up. We were like, man, we want to try to help. And we actually put together like a business plan kind of a thing uh, where it's like, okay, we're going to, we're going to work towards sustainability for her. And we're going to try to do all these things. We got together with some people and we actually raised $175,000 to build her a house. You can go ahead and And so we went back, and um, these girls have a song that they sing that's beautiful. It talks about our mighty God. He's a miracle-working God. And they were singing this song while they were running the hallways of this huge building that will house 170 girls. But what I realized, see, you don't get into nonprofit work to make a lot of money, Right? So at the end of the day, when it came to our personal contribution to this was like really small, really small. God had put us in a place where we couldn't give anything except without the resources that were given to us. God had put us in a place where we couldn't give anything except for the resources given already to us. And what I want you to hear tonight is that belonging is not about proximity, it's about purpose. Belonging is not about proximity, it's about purpose. See, we think, we kid ourselves and we think that if we're around people, we're going to feel like we're in community. The reality is, is that when we're united under a purpose, that's when we have belonging. That's when we feel and we can cultivate that sense of belonging. Tonight, we're united under a purpose. We have real belonging. Christ has united us. And the reality is, I don't know about you guys, but I've been keenly aware of it this week already, is that we need each other. We need each other in a real way to lift each other up, to encourage each other, to, man, pick each other off the floor sometimes, right? Life is hard. We need each other. I think about how Paul in chapter 2, he's talking about this division between the Jews and the Gentiles, and that was like the major division that he was hitting in Ephesus. But I was thinking, okay, what if Paul was writing to the Coloradans? Right Or like our community, if he was writing to our community, what divisions would he call out? Would he call out our racial division? Would he call out our political division, our religious division? And remind us that we are united under Christ. And that's why belonging and community are not a goal to achieve, but a gift to receive. Let's pray. Father, I just, this message convicted my heart because so many times, you know, we worship the God of effectiveness in ministry and we chase after um, those things that we think will, will impact people's lives and let's have programs for this and programs for that and, and suddenly community becomes something that we're trying to fabricate. When in reality, you gave us community, you put it in the very core of our being. And tonight, 
The challenge is just to embrace the belonging, the community that you've already given us, that you've written on our hearts as you've united us with you. Think about just the division in our communities. And I know that you weep. I know that you weep. Because so often we forget that we're called to love. And the Holy Spirit convicts and God you judge but our job here tonight forever is to love to love you to love each other so God would you just um, would you just convict us would you um, speak to us this week remind us of our community remind us of who's in our crew We become like the people we hang around, God. Remind us of who is in our crew. Help us to see ways that we can be a part of this community. United under you. Loving each other. Picking each other up. Building buildings together so that people can have freedom in you. That they can have life in you. We just pray all these things in your name.